The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. We know that you want to live an inspired and fulfilling life. Maybe there are a few things that you need to get you there. Welcome to What Matters with your host, Mary Beth Lodge. In today's world of distractions, we can get overwhelmed with day-to-day responsibilities that keep us busy, frustrated, and confused. With an emphasis on the power of the mind and drawing on the fields of personal health, education, neuroscience, business, and spirituality, we'll discuss practical strategies to help you stay focused on your priorities, choices, and results. Now, here is Mary Beth Lodge. Good morning. How are you today? Thank you for joining me today on What Matters. Today is an opportunity for you to make a difference. Can you do that? Can you find a way to make a positive difference in your world today? And can you make some change within yourself that carries ripples of positive change into the lives of those around you and well beyond? Do you know that no matter what that change is, no matter how big or small, it reverberates through the lives of the people around you? So for this hour... I want you paying attention. I want you really, really listening. You've created this world you live in. And how can you change the things that you want to change? How do you apply this to you? Not your significant other, your best friend, your child, your parent, or your coworker. Just you. You can share information with other people. Yep, that's a good thing. But ultimately, change comes from within, from you. You are the only person you can really change. And you are the person you are responsible for. Yes, you make a difference. And I know you're busy. I'm busy. We're all busy. We lead very busy lives. Sometimes busy means distracted. It means we lose our focus. We start walking away from our goals instead of towards them. So do you take for granted the people in your life and the actions that you take that are most important to you? How do you spend your energy? Are you spending your energy on the things that don't really matter? Or do you focus your energy on the things that really do make a difference? What are the choices that you make in your world? How do you touch the lives of the people you meet? Do you create sunshine wherever you are? Let's start by making our own sunshine. What are you grateful for today? Do you know... This is a beautiful morning. It is very chilly, but it is a beautiful, sunny morning. Yes, we had a little bit of snow yesterday. It was pretty, and now it's gone. That's a nice thing. I had a wonderful experience last week. I know you thought I was on the air, but I wasn't really. I was away having a wonderful adult educational experience at John C. Campbell Folk School. Now, I was adding to my skills as a seat weaver, but the atmosphere there was so much more. It was so nurturing, so restorative. 
And it was wonderful to both meet new friends and to share skills and ideas about a craft that really creates passion for me. And I've come back feeling wonderfully refreshed because it was a much slower pace. I had time to think, and I think that is so important. And that leads me to our guest this morning. Our guest is Jan Davidson. He is the director of the John C. Campbell Folk School. He's a native of Murphy, North Carolina, and he's a speaker, musician, and writer with a Ph.D. in folklore and history. He was awarded the state's highest honor, the North Carolina Award, for his work in the arts, and he has been the director of the John C. Campbell Folk School since 1992. Good morning, Jan. How are you today? Good morning. It's a beautiful, crisp morning in Brasstown. Yes, I'm sure it is. We had some crisp mornings last week too. <laughs> we've all uh, we've all gotten out all of our handmade, knitted, crocheted, and woven objects this morning <laughs> <laughs> to so bundle put, up in. We put everything on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, Jan, can you start us off by talking just a little bit about um, John C. Campbell Folk School? Just um, give us the philosophy and and what it is that this school offers? Well, it, the basic philosophy, I'll jump right to it, is non-competitive. And in fact, we have uh, an interesting mission statement. It is that we strive to provide experiences in non-competitive learning and community life that are joyful and enlivening. So... We've got joy right there in the corporate mission statement. I love it. <laughs> well, it's a lot to live up to, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is, uh, that's what we're about. And the non-competitive part is really important. It's kind of like, uh, oh, I don't know, it's kind of like going to somewhere where everybody agrees that they're going to uh, sort of get over their bad self just a little bit for a little while and mm-hmm. enjoy the company of other people. And you you know, you're freed from having to uh, to uh, elbow somebody else out of the way in order to do what you're supposed to do there. Mm-hmm. And the absence of uh, grades and tests and all that sort of thing and uh, makes it a paradise for teachers. <laughs> so when the teachers are happy, of course, the students are happy. And, and the great thing about it is you sit down at lunch with your instructor and we're some of the other instructors, and um, you really get to know who these people are and and why this this activity is done, which is gets me to the next thing, is that um, there's something about uh, making things with your hands in a group of people that awakens some kind of ancient uh, feeling in us that we are somehow doing the right thing as uh, people. Mm-hmm. It's very powerful. It's very interesting. And it sort of overcomes a lot of the uh, superficial dividers of our lives, you know. I'm always amazed to see people's cars parked in our parking lot whose bumper stickers would indicate that they had some basic dif- disagreements. <laughs> and they are, <laughs> you know, they're not just randomly parked side by side in a parking lot at a... Uh, to Walmart somewhere, they're beside each other because they're in there having lunch together and making a chair together and, you know, cooking soup together, making bread, 
mm-hmm. writing poems at a level that kind of makes, uh, you know, it leaves so much of the bumper sticker uh, mentality behind and gets down to who we really are as people. Mm-hmm. I, I saw an interesting transformation within the classroom that I was in where um, that whole issue of non-competitive education took a while to adjust to. Uh-huh. There was, um, I, I noticed it both in the studio that I was in and also at lunch in listening to people on that first day as they came from their classes and they were frustrated um, and they were judging themselves mm-hmm. as not good enough. And no one had said that. Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're awful tough on ourselves sometimes. And one of, one of the liberating things about doing this stuff at the folk school is that almost everybody has that same kind of experience. You know, it is a change from the usual life that that people do. I I happen to think that being here a while sort of takes on you and that you can carry those insights away and it it makes you the rest of your life better. Mm -hmm. And people have Mm -hmm. told me that so, so many times, uh, I got a. We had a wonderful note from somebody who said, uh, "When I meditate in Wisconsin, I go to Brasstown to the Hope School." <laughs> oh, I like that. <laughs> and you know, and, and that was one who was able to express it of many people who uh, have this image of this place where everything is pretty much okay and people are nice and you get something done. You're not doing nothing. Uh, you are very. Uh, intensely <clears throat> doing something with a group of people and it turns out to be most of the time uh, very satisfying the end result but also it's very um, uh, restorative when you are doing the thing mm-hmm. you know it's a, a friend of mine David Rakoff who was a great radio guy and died last year um, David said that uh, there was no amount of sleep that was as restorative as uh, working with your hands, making something for a few hours. Mm-hmm. And I would definitely agree with that. Can you um, tell us a little bit about how you came to be with the folk school? Well, I grew up here. I'm, uh, this, this is, uh, besides being a, a kind of a world... Uh, destination of, of people in all these craft areas and uh, that, you know, people all over the world know Brasstown who never heard of Murphy, which is the big town around here. <laughs> Murphy yeah. is the, the county seat, and I was born there, six, <laughs> six miles from Brasstown. Um, and I was always interested in this place. It was such a, a lively center uh Christmas is when I first went to uh, the folk school as a child. My folks took me there, and we heard a man read Dickens' Christmas Carol aloud and do all the, you know, all the great voices. And, of course, Dickens describes things really well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I was just enthralled with the power of the word and of the human voice to tell a story like that and uh, loved the folk school because of the music and the crafts that people did. 
And that was a long time ago, and I went through various uh, amounts of being involved with the place. And after I had been to college and worked in the cities and done various other things, I uh, came to be the director in 1992. And uh, just to give an idea of what happened, the first day I I was here, I went to uh, the Clay's uh, Corner gas station where uh, the community gathers and uh, went in there, and somebody said, Who are you? I said, I'm Jan Davidson. He said, Well, what are you doing here? I said, I've come to be the new director of the folk school. He said, Well, where are you from? <laughs> I said, Well, I'm from Murphy. I thought that pretty much in it. He said, Well, he turned to the other. He said, She'd never get nobody local to run that thing. <laughs> so I'm just like six miles down the road. And it expresses <laughs> a lot about Brastown that I've uh, grown to love, and <laughs> and everybody does. You know, it's a it's a place with a personality. It's got a lot of fun things going on. It's real. You know, nobody sat down and planned for this to happen. We just are. Um, but but it's available. Anybody wants mm-hmm. to come and uh, check in for a, a dose of joy and community life and and. Basically fun with other folks. It's not a waste of time. Uh, we'll come on to Brass Town, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I I experienced that same um, division. I, for me, of course, being from out of town, and um, Brass Town is tiny, and Murphy is um, not much bigger. And, <laughs> <laughs> and you know, of course, in the evenings, I. Um, I wasn't staying on campus, so in the evenings we would go into Murphy um, for dinner, and we found a, just an awesome massage therapist um, that one evening we scheduled appointments with. And I came back just you know singing her praises and telling everyone in the class that they just had to go see this woman. And I said, you know, she's local; she's right here. Which you know, maybe she's two miles away. And <laughs> and someone said, now is she in Brasstown? Or is she in Murphy? Yeah. <laughs> oh. It's like, is that North America or South America? Yeah, right. <laughs> well, you know, we we do we country folks count every every mile, uh, and it, it's uh, <laughs> it's part of our charm. It's very authentic. <laughs> well, well it, I, it, I'm glad that you were here, Mary Beth, because you um, you know you've actually seen it and you and you've done it, and that's the thing I always tell people. You know, they. Um, it's pretty hard to describe what this is like unless you do come. And then once you do, it's like, oh, well, I get it. Well, what amazed me um, was that, and, and I didn't notice it in the class, but I did notice it in the dining hall. There are whole families that come. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, mom, dad, adult kids. Um, adult kids, spouses, you know, I mean, they, they come as a group. Yeah, it's and wonderful. It's, everybody's taken their own class, yeah. you know, so, sometimes together. There was um, th- there was one family where uh, both of the men, the father and son, were taking the Windsor chair class. Those poor men, they never left the studio. No, <laughs> we never saw that. They eat and then they leave. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and they stayed till midnight. <laughs> Um, but, but you, you know, know, they made these just incredible chairs. You know, I mean, it's like it's like the best chair at Williamsburg, only better because he made it. It's just yeah. it's such a you know. We see those people at the end of the week who've made a chair crossing the crosswalk. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
uh, in, in downtown folk school there at the main mm-hmm. crosswalk from the woodworking shop over to the Keith house, and, you know, they're crossing there with this chair on their head. Mm-hmm. You've never seen people stand so straight and proud in your life because they've spent a week working really hard, and they made a chair. Yeah, and, uh, you know, to just to give our listeners a sense of that, um, I was in the studio next to the woodworking um, studio that produced the Windsor chairs. When those men came in on Sunday night, there were logs on the roofs of their cars. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there, there wasn't, yeah. you know, they didn't go to Lowe's and, you know, buy wood that was already cut. They were bringing logs in. Yeah, with they, the bark still yeah. on it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and uh, on Friday <laughs> afternoon, those logs had magically been transformed into yeah. uh, awesome chairs. It, transformation, I think, is what the school's really about. I mean, we joke about that a little bit in our graphics. Uh, we've got a number of posters and ads that we've done that says the folk school changes you. And it's uh, usually got two pictures, almost like a before and after picture. Uh, one of the latest ones says the folk school changes you, and there's a picture of a sheep, and then there's a picture of a sweater. <laughs> 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 and yeah. We, <laughs> we've also got one that uh, really speaks to me that has uh, says the folk school changes you, and it's got an apple and a pie. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yes, and, you know, and I think that's um, if we get nothing else across, that is the kind of the message of you know it takes the craft all the way back to the beginning, and right. you start there from whatever the raw material is to right. the outcome. Now, granted, I wasn't you know going to to Indonesia and you know, stripping cane bark off of <laughs> well, it's the not. Plant, but you know, I mean, it's I not brought, always. it does vary, you know. And, yeah. But but a lot of times it is about transforming uh, raw materials, and most of them are, are local. Uh, and in the ones, even the ones that aren't, they are they are uh, traditional in in some uh, well cultures that uh, are increasingly important to us. So we, you know, we are an Appalachian institution, but we uh, love to teach things that come from all over the world. And with uh, the way that our teachers do and the way our students uh, react to it, it's it's always you know it's a, it's a, it's like going somewhere when you go uh, into the hands of a teacher who's teaching something that's uh, very much centuries old in their culture. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Can you just give us? We have you know maybe a minute or a minute and a half left. Can you just give us kind of a a listing of all the categories of craft not to not the classes themselves because we couldn't yeah. do that in a minute well we've got <laughs> these broad headings which uh, are uh, you can you can find any of this at folkschool.org but this is the this is kind of you know the stuff we do we do basketry and gourd craft we do beads blacksmithing book arts broom making calligraphy chair seats clay cooking i love cooking we do dolls, bears, and soft sculpture, which are, you know, cute little things. Um, we do drawing, enameling, dance, dyeing, gardening, homesteading, folklore, felt making, genealogy, glass, jewelry, kaleidoscopes, knitting, 
leather, marbling, metalwork, mixed media, lace, music, lots of music. We teach music every week, all the banjo and fiddle and everything like that. Nature studies, a lot of getting outside, uh, needlework and thread art. Painting is an incredible, you know, it's a great place to paint. Photography is a great place to be out taking pictures. Printmaking is an increasingly important thing we're building a new building for. Quilting, of course, being Appalachian, we let's sit around and quilt. Rugs, sewing, soap making, spinning, stone sculpture, and mosaics. Storytelling, we do storytelling. Mm-hmm. Surface design, unique offerings, can't even tell you all what that is. <laughs> Part of it is making a bamboo fly rod, that is pretty cool. Uh-huh. Weaving, Gee, wood we're carving. Have to go to break, now, but... I know we're almost out of time. Wood uh-huh. turning, woodworking, and writing. Uh-huh. Okay, let's take a break. We're going to come back and talk some more about the wonderful things that the folk school does and the history behind it. You're listening to the Voice America Variety Channel. Stay tuned. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Are you ready to make a change in your life? Would you like to discover the hidden obstacles to your success? Mary Beth Lodge is a certified life coach with a proven track record of guiding others to success. Drawing on mind-body techniques and concepts of neuroscience, Mary Beth will design a program specific to your goals, lifestyle, and personality. You'll develop a specific action plan to follow. You'll learn practical and easy strategies to move through your obstacles and reach your goals. You decide the area to focus on. Is it your weight, your health, or your professional goals? Mary Beth Lodge is a life coach, hypnotist, and health consultant. She specializes in working with people who are confused, frustrated, or discouraged by the direction of their life. She works with people who really want to make a difference in this world and are willing to take the actions to achieve their goals. She'll help you get clear on where you want to be and to follow through on the actions that lead to a healthier and more successful life. Visit LastingLifestyleChange.com to request more information or a free consultation. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to What Matters with Mary Beth Lodge. To be a part of our discussion on today's program, please call 1-866-472-5788. That's toll-free, 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to marybethlodge at gmail.com. Now, back to What Matters. Good morning. Thank you for joining me this morning on What Matters. Our guest today is Jan Davidson. He's the director of the John C. Campbell Folk School. And we've had some wonderful conversation already about all the offerings that are made available in the atmosphere of the the John C. Campbell Folk School. Uh, Jan, would you take us a little bit into the history of um, how this even came to be? Well, it's, a, it's an interesting story to me. Um, it brings together uh, part of the social history of the United States, uh, people trying to help each other, and also uh, uh, some of the attitudes about our region, which uh, is Appalachia, the way we say it here. That would be Appalachia for people somewhere north of somewhere, I don't know, but 
<laughs> They're all the same. But this um, John C. Campbell was a young man born in uh, Indiana of immigrant parents. He was brought up in Wisconsin and uh, went to fine schools in Massachusetts, Williams College, Andover uh, Seminary, and then uh, went to the South, which was uh, uh, in, in places where the schools were very uh, infrequent where missionary schools had been set up, and he became a school teacher. And there are a lot of pictures of John C. Campbell with the whole school out there. And, of course, you know, the little kids don't have any shoes on, Mm -hmm. those sort of things. Uh, These uh, poor families who sent their folks, their kids to these schools, uh, respected Mr. Campbell very much, and he was not uh, uh, sort of looked down his nose at these folks. He truly respected them, and they... The struggle that they represented and the culture that they represented too. So, mountain folks loved John C. Campbell. So, Piedmont College, which is in Demarest, Georgia, uh, had need of a new president about 1900. And John was hired, and he uh, worked uh, several years at that uh, college trying to raise money. And then he got kind of uh, burned out. He was depressed and had uh, various symptoms that often afflict people who just work too hard, and that was what his doctor said. You know, if you're working too hard and you you got to take time off from the job. And uh, this doctor, quite amazing uh, physician of all time, I think, <laughs> said, Mr. Campbell, you must take an ocean voyage. I just love that, you know. I'm trying <laughs> to figure out, you know, <laughs> where is medicine today? Uh, uh-huh. <laughs> anyway, well, John, being a good boy, got him a ticket, jumped on the boat, and was heading for Scotland. Uh, in a kind of a deep, deep funk, he wasn't uh, cheered up by any means, but he was doing as the doctor ordered. And on board the ship, he met Olive Dame, who was a young, beautiful woman from Medford, Massachusetts, where she had graduated from Tufts College. And she was going to the British Isles, and they met on this boat. They absolutely fell completely in love at first sight, which, of course, cured Mr. Campbell of whatever his (laughs) his immediate depression symptoms were. Uh, That's one of the time-tested remedies right there. So uh, he was all perked up, and she was too, and after they came back, they got married Medford, he became the president again of Piedmont College, but he soon decided that this new team of uh, Olive and John Campbell should go on an exploratory mission into Appalachia and find out all they could about the culture because there was a lot of comment on Appalachia from various people, from writers and academics and social reformers, and the Campbells felt that they were not dealing with good factual evidence, that they were working on a lot of um, romanticized anecdote and stereotype and so on, that kind of thing. So they traveled through the mountains in the covered wagon, the Campbells did, and interviewed everybody. It's a very, you know, kind of a modern thing to, to my mind. Uh, and they did this on their own with a small grant. <laughs> and... They, they found that these folks were um, in need of a lot of things. Most 
uh, most of the mountain folks expressed a great interest in education and and especially in adult education because they felt like the, by this time uh, the children's education was beginning to happen and and you know things were going sort of the right way there but they felt that the grown-ups needed further education and that any grown-up would uh, benefit from being able to go somewhere sometime and learn something they wanted to and have a good time at it. And I always describe this next bit of wisdom to the mountain folks who were kind of practical-minded. Uh, being my ancestors, of course, these are my heroes. <laughs> and they uh, they said, you know, wouldn't it be nice if when we went there, the important thing was learning something you wanted to and having fun at it and not trying to sort out who was the best at it. So they were kind of expressing a need and interest in a non-competitive situation, which was very interesting to the Campbells. And when they read up on non-competitive rural education, they discovered the Danes. And the Danes are very important to this story, but it was not a whole bunch of Danes came along. It was about ideas from Denmark of the Folkehøjskola, which is... Um, folk high school and always important to point out that this term which got shortened to folk school the folk in the name didn't mean that it was going to teach you folk art or folk craft or folk music it just meant in that sort of Scandinavian sense it's a school for folks Mm -hmm. people 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 come on down Mm -hmm. (laughs) so uh, that's an important point that doesn't mean that one of these schools couldn't teach you folk art, folk music, folk dance, or anything like that. But it means that a school that might be teaching you uh, basic academic subjects or gymnastics or something else could also be a folk school because it would be a basically non-competitive atmosphere, which follows this Danish idea. So that's that's kind of uh, you know what what this place was based on, and when when uh, Miss Campbell and uh, a young school teacher named uh, Marguerite Butler from Cincinnati, they went to Denmark and learned about all this stuff, and then when they came back to America, they looked around Appalachia for a place to do this uh, this thing, and they Marguerite came to my hometown, Murphy, and it was 1925 in the summertime. And she uh, met a couple of guys from Brasstown who were interested in the school idea. And she explained, trying to tell them this was not kind of a regular school. <laughs> she began explaining the ideas of this to them and said, well, you know, this is going to be based on the Danish Folkehøjskoler. And one of these old country boys, the storekeeper, Fred Oskroth, said, oh, well, that's the ideas of Nikolai Frederick Severine Grundvig. Ain't it? <laughs> and he, he knew all about these Danish philosophers. He was like a lot of country boys, uh, not, not much of a show-off academically, but he read books, and he knew exactly what the whole idea was. And this coalition between these uh, very intellectual city women and these country folks in the little town of Brasstown in 1925 is really what came together and created this unique institution. And by that time, 
John Campbell was no longer alive, right? Yes, that's right. He died in 1919, an early uh, death, uh, 51 years old. He died of a heart attack. And it was later when the school was founded that uh, that the founders, having read of his work and knew they knew what he had done for the region and what he hoped for, and that really he was the start of this idea, they decided to name the school after him. And so it was a, a tribute to him that the that the school was named that he was he was gone for uh, I guess about six years at the time when the school began. And once when the school began, it um, was very agricultural. It ran a farm, so it could be self sustaining. Is that right? Yeah, you know it was it was at that time it was envisioned as a school for young mountain folks who wanted a kind of an alternate to college education. We wanted to have a wide-ranging sort of interdisciplinary education that would teach them how to teach themselves and would outfit them better to be a a smart, enlightened, country folk um, uh, community people, you know, people Mm -hmm. who wanted to get married and raise a family in the mountains. and that was the the beginning of it, definitely. Uh, and about the time it started, uh, the depression came along, and the school got very involved in some other things, uh, that uh, such as the Brasstown Carving Program and community co-ops and things like that, organizing uh, uh, ways to deal with hard times. You know, teaching people how to learn is a great thing because it doesn't just teach you that one thing, it teaches you anything that you got to learn. Mm-hmm. So this was very powerful, and this community survived the Depression well. In fact, by the end of the 1930s, the Brasstown um, programs at the John C. Campbell Folk School were known by recreational leaders across the country as being the place where, you know, there were a lot of people trying to do stuff to help these mostly impoverished, unemployed young folks in various kinds of programs. The folk school got a reputation as the place where they did the best job of having some fun. (laughs) They danced, they sang, they made things together. And there was a a lively but very healthy and very communal atmosphere that just just happened. Mm -hmm. So in the late 30s, the school started teaching a summertime course the uh, young farm folks class was mostly in the winter because that's supposed to be the off-season of farming. Mm-hmm. Uh, so in the summer they had this other course that was all about making crafts, doing music, dancing, singing, and storytelling, writing. And recreation leaders came from all over the country, intermixed with these bright young local folks who were already around. And they all kind of worked in the kitchen, worked in the dairy and stuff like that. A great deal of exchange and understanding and education happened. And that continues now in, you know, giving people a place that is very accessible, uh, easy to come to. There's no reason to be afraid to do it. And yet when you get there, things will be quite different. Very different. (laughs) (laughs) Very different. (laughs) So... Bring us into how the school evolved into kind of the weekly classes that 
um, are offered now? Well, you know, it's kind of uh, a joke about this, that the school was originally set up to try to help civilize the Appalachian folks. And now here we are, we Appalachian folks. We are happy to share with the whole world all the civilizing things we have discovered. <laughs> but uh, slow down a little bit. <laughs> you know, have have a little something to eat, not too much. Run around mm-hmm. a little bit, walk a lot. Uh, nowadays, there's lots of yoga here, lots of uh, massage opportunities, you know, things that will relax you. But at the same time, if you are in one of these classes, you you will uh, you work pretty hard, but that's your choice. A lot of what we tried to do in the shaping the folk school as it is right now is, is to realize that... Um, what we can do is not for one class of people or one section of the country. Uh, it is uh, something that benefits almost everybody if they do it. And in recognition of that, we have a whole lot of choices. And we love to see people come here and really get hold of a new interest that is going to keep the mind alive and keep the body going and give them purpose and give them reasons to get together with other people and have fun. Now, that is an exciting day at work. (laughs) (laughs) And so most of our things are not, they don't run very long, but if you can do more of them, you can string them together and stay here for however long you've got. And we have people who do that. And it's, it's great because they become more and more part of the community. But most of the sessions are they're either um, a six-night stay uh, or a five-night stay or a uh, weekend uh, with a two-night stay. Mm-hmm. So that's how long, you know, that's the size of the sessions. And in each one of those sessions, there will be uh, a, more than a dozen classes mostly small classes, uh, very intense work with the teacher and usually two teachers uh, on a very personal level. And Mm -hmm. all those uh, folks in those separate classes come together for special activities and visits to interesting neighborhood studios and artists' working places. And um, the... the, uh, you have a lot of choice about how you spend your time, but if you want to be with a bunch of people, you can do that all the time. And if you want to just uh, think about all you have just experienced, there are trails from these buildings that take off in all directions, and you can just you can walk out in a big field or up the creek or into the woods and have a few minutes by yourself, see several hundred species of cool birds, <laughs> it's uh, it's very it can be very relaxing or it can be extremely intensive and that's one of many choices you have. Mm-hmm. And it truly is. Um, you know, I I know for myself, I pretty much devised my own class, so to speak, within the framework of the class that was being offered, and it it was very interesting to see that that was actually true not just for me, you know, that that was true for, like, every student in the room. Um, We were doing seat weaving, 
Um, I had been in touch with the instructor um, in August, and I have to say I was blessed. I I, uh, received a gift certificate um, as a result of a a raffle at the Seat Weavers Guild uh, meeting in August. And so, yeah, so I was blessed with that uh, tuition for the week. Um, the instructor was there. I had some conversation with her about some particular um, advanced techniques that I wanted to learn and was she willing to uh, support that, which she was agreeable to. Um, but almost everyone in the room um, came with a very specific um, idea of a particular skill they wanted to learn. Yeah. And that, I, I think part that of could that be is supported. That characteristic of, the, of your seat weaver class of society. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. <laughs> We'd be the last person to stereotype anybody, but that is, I think, that may be one of your demographics. <laughs> it's so funny. The seat weavers do. They come, they've got, this, they've got the chair for one thing, so they've got the vision, and it's, it's amazing. Anyway, I, I, I Jim, you're very perceptive about that. <laughs> We're going to take a break now. You're listening to the Voice America Variety Channel. Stay tuned. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Are you ready to make a change in your life? Would you like to discover the hidden obstacles to your success? Mary Beth Lodge is a certified life coach with a proven track record of guiding others to success. Drawing on mind-body techniques and concepts of neuroscience, Mary Beth will design a program specific to your goals, lifestyle, and personality. You'll develop a specific action plan to follow. You'll learn practical and easy strategies to move through your obstacles and reach your goals. You decide the area to focus on. Is it your weight, your health, or your professional goals? Mary Beth Lodge is a life coach, hypnotist, and health consultant. She specializes in working with people who are confused, frustrated, or discouraged by the direction of their life. She works with people who really want to make a difference in this world and are willing to take the actions to achieve their goals. She'll help you get clear on where you want to be and to follow through on the actions that lead to a healthier and more successful life. Visit LastingLifestyleChange.com to request more information or a free consultation. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to What Matters with Mary Beth Lodge. To be a part of our discussion on today's program, please call 1-866-472-5788. That's toll-free, 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to marybethlodge at gmail.com. Now, back to What Matters. Good morning. Thank you for joining me this morning on What Matters. Our guest has been Jan Davidson. He's the director of the John C. Campbell Folk School in Brasstown, North Carolina. And Jan, we've had some, you know, cute conversations about Brasstown itself and about the atmosphere of the folk school. Um, we've talked about the history and how it came to be developed specifically in Brasstown 
Um, and that whole wonderful philosophy of non-competitive education, which I think for many of us is just kind of baffling. But <laughs> <laughs> you know, how do you do that? Um, but you know, and it does take you know part of the week to even adjust to that. And and I kind of giggled. You know, I, I could stand back and and watch it happen. And I had the um, just the benefit of of kind of giggling our way through the week because. You know, our instructor would say, now, have you been to the other studios? And all of us would say, no. And she'd say, well, you know, it's really um, fun to go visit the other studios and see the other classes and see what they're doing. And we'd all nod and put our head back into our seat weaving. And the next day she would say, now, have you been to the studios? And this went on every single day. And, you know, on Wednesday, by Wednesday afternoon, she was threatening to throw us out of the studio None of us left. I mean, <laughs> no, you know, no, we're too busy. We have to finish these projects. <laughs> well, um, one of the fun things about the folk school is uh, people achieve flow. And we've talked a lot about that around here as being, you know, this uh, state of bliss that you get when you're forgetting everything else and you're just doing it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Is, um, is such a wonderful thing and the best. I think that probably the best place that happens is probably within about, oh, 24 inches of two eyes and two hands, you know, <laughs> up close magic, I call it. Yes. And, uh, you know, that's what makes people miss meals. Uh, <laughs> let me just go about another 150 of these over and unders right here, and I'll be there. Yeah. I think one of the, the fabulous rules on the – for the campus is that you cannot be in a studio alone. So there has to be a second person (laughs) and, you know, so you have to, you know, at least get somebody to collude with you to stay. Of course. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's right. You're going on this trip. You'll need people to support you just in case, uh, in case you forget to eat or sleep for the next three days. I'll be here. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, we, we, we joke a lot about it, but it is really, uh, it is really transformative. For me, for people, and, um, and it's so you know it's so easy to do. One of the things that uh, we always have to remind people, you know, we do this all the time. We, we're not a summer thing or something like mm-hmm. that. We almost always have a week going at a weekend at the folk school. Mm-hmm. So if you just take a notion in the middle of the night, <laughs> which some of us do, you can you can go to folkschool.org and get started. Uh, um, Picking out your class. Right. Tell us about some of the upcoming things. You know, we're moving into the holidays, and there uh, are events on campus for that. Well, we've got next week is Shaker Week when we all celebrate all the, you know, the the design um, beauty and the practicality of Shaker stuff. And then we have holiday stuff. We've got a new uh, weekend uh, in December that's a, it's like a four-day uh, thing from December 4th to 7th, we're having, um, it's a little bit different shape than the ones I described, but that's that's going to be lots of fun. Then we got Holiday in the Mountains, which is all about um, making heirloom things to give people, really, and celebrating things like uh, uh, traditional cooking, you know. What a great thing to do with your family. Mm-hmm. And then the other thing that I'm so excited about is wintertime in January. We've got, uh, you know, folks want to do something that is it's going to be cozy and pleasant and uh, 
you can come here in January and do things like blacksmithing and uh, charcuterie. Uh, that's one that I took because it was incredible learning the traditional arts of uh, you know, making things out of uh, a pig. Um, cartooning, which is in all of us, we all want to draw and um, weaving in the, in the winter time feels really good. Very traditional, kind of quiet, uh, pleasant uh, time at the folk school. So I would I would encourage people to look into the winter uh, part of it. It's it's looking great, and it's going to be a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. And uh, for the holidays around Christmas, do you do um, do you do events like for the community? Oh, we do, yes. We have, uh, we've had an old folks party, so-called, at the folks school since the 20s. And we have a kids party where we do, among other things, uh, a traditional Danish kids game that has been done in this room, uh, at the folks school since, um, about 1930, every Christmas. Hmm. Uh, lots of these are, are traditions. We, uh, we have a great week right after Christmas. Starts on the 26th. That is the biggest party of the year. It's the winter dance week, and the whole school is turned over to uh, just dancing and music. It is amazing, and it ends with New Year's Eve. So, um, uh, folks tell me they, you know, that have done New Year's Eve a whole lot of places, and they said when they look back on it, as near as they could remember, nothing was as much fun as being in Brasstown on New Year's Eve. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's very, you know, it's just great fun. Uh, there are community uh, gun shooters who come out uh, with black powder muskets and recite an ancient German chant and then shoot guns to ward off evil spirits and, uh, and show the sun how to come back and brighten up our days. <laughs> I and love I'll it. tell you what, it's, it, it, they do it every year. And it works like a charm. After they've done that, uh, every day gets a little bit brighter for a while. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> and Brasstown is easy to get to. Oh, it's You know, it's nothing, we keep but, talking know, about it's it's in the mountains, but it's, it's... Yeah, it's deep in the woods. It's two miles, uh, two, two hours from a number of large cities. Uh, and it's another world apart. You can get there from, it's about maybe 120 miles due north of Atlanta, and we have a shuttle service every week. So a lot of folks will fly into Atlanta, and we get them there by shuttle, or you can rent a little car and come run around. But if you don't want to drive, you can get to the campus, and you can just walk around the campus and around Brasstown and and be carless for a week. Mm-hmm. Try that. And it, that's, it really is easy to do. I mean, it's if you're totally staying... easy to do, and it's, and it's fun, you know. It's, uh, it, it, you will have a lot of uh, insights to yourself because you're walking around and because it uh, takes you a while to get places. It's, it's very revealing to change mm-hmm. your sense of time to park the car. Mm-hmm. You know. mm-hmm. But... Uh, but on the other hand, a lot of our folks like to drive some, from somewhere. We're 120 miles from Asheville, which is a, a fascinating uh, city that uh, we think is much too uh, uptown for us. <laughs> we're, we're the place where Asheville folks go when they want to go to the mountains. 
<laughs> but it's uh, it's a it is a lively area. It is absolutely beautiful at all times of the years here. Uh, right now, it's uh, you know <clears throat> even with the, the most of the leaves have fallen off, it's still just a riot of colors and beautiful light right now. The painters are going nuts outside. <laughs> and the photographers. And yes. the photographers and the poets. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I think that was, for me, that was kind of the entry in was that we came through, um, we came across 64, is that right? And um, yeah. through through all of that wonderful scenery, you know, coming through National Forest on the first weekend of November when the leaves are still colorful in North Carolina. <laughs> oh, it is it is absolutely lovely. And you know, these um this part of the country too, um it's it's one of the places that handles winter pretty good, you know. It's it's one of the places where people are used to that. And we don't get too bent out of shape by a little bit of it. But we also mm-hmm. don't get very harsh winters in Brasstown. We're a little south of, of um, for example, where all the ski places are in North Carolina. And mostly have a milder, uh, but invigorating winter. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, you know, you get all your wool stuff out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Build a nice fire in the fireplace. Yes, and that was, I think... That was one of the things, too, that there are just these cozy little places. You know, you can go to the library at Keith's house, and it's a warm room, and it's just, you know, there's coffee, and you can just sit and talk with people. And the the dining hall is, is you know, very welcoming, and, and with all the people together, it's a, just a very warm atmosphere. And so even if it's chilly outside, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter at all. It's... Uh... Somebody described it one time as being a mild version of a ski resort where nobody breaks their leg. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. <laughs> but, All right, so know, Jan, one more I time. Do, I, I've talked a lot about how much fun it is, but but the classes are dead serious about what they're teaching, and yes. they will they will take you um, into real realms of art and craft. And you will feel great satisfaction from having done something that's not only uh, traditional but somewhat challenging. And you have done it because you've applied yourself and you focused and you achieved some amount of flow. And you're right in the middle of a bunch of people who really want you to get it and do it and enjoy mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And there's support across the disciplines. You know, yes. that, that again, you know... It, during the meals when everyone gathers together out of all the different classes. I mean, I made it a point never to sit at the same table twice, um, and therefore I was always with different groups of people, but it didn't matter what class they were in. There was always that encouragement and that support and the the sharing of the struggle to learn the skill, you know, the doubt of, I don't know if this is going to work out. And by Friday, you know, you see the glowing faces as as all of the projects are brought together um, into one room to be displayed and you see the kind of the culmination and you see those faces just smiling and beaming yeah. with, with yeah, and, the satisfaction. My, my friend David Rakoff described it. When you're in the audience, we are all as proud of each other as if we were our parents. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I mean, and, and it is true. And, and the thing about that also is it's cross training. You see, 
what somebody in another discipline did with color or form or shape, and and you take it to yours or you go to theirs. And, you know, weavers learn stuff from painters all the time, and mm-hmm. and uh, cooks learn things from, from all artists about presentation and color. And mm-hmm. all that sort of thing is so exciting when you see that uh, almost none of us really is interested in just one thing. We right. all... We want it all, and we can have it. Well, Jan, I want to thank you for um, coming on the show this morning. Um, And, again, I want to remind our listeners the the website is www.folkschool.org. You can find that on the description for this program. Um, But just um, spend some time just on that website. There's such interesting things there, and the list of classes is almost endless. and just so many opportunities for you. So, Jan, thank you so much for sharing with us today. Thank you, Mary Beth. This has been lots of fun, and I'm, I'm so glad to get to talk to you and everybody. So uh, come on down to Bryce Town. <laughs> so, again, for our listeners, this is your moment. Can you make a difference today? Go out there. Make this a great day because you deserve it. Thanks again for joining us for What Matters. Be sure to tune in again next Wednesday morning at 6 a.m. Pacific Time, 9 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We'll help you continue to make a difference next week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.